Twameva mata cha pita twameva. Twameva bandhu cha sakha twameva. Twameva vidyadravinam twameva. Twameva sarvam mama deva deva. I bow to the infinite one in all his forms, one of which is your form. Remember that you are made in that image. You are a child of God just as much as any master who ever lived. The only difference is, and I don't want you preening yourself proudly and saying anything, but that I've got a long way to go. But remember that that difference is only that he's awake and you may not yet be awake. That's all. Once you wake up, you'll be that yourself. During the last days of his life, especially the last few years, he spent a lot of time, my Guruji did, reminiscing about his own youth, his childhood, and the efforts he went through to meditate. And one of the things that came across was the sheer enthusiasm where most people look for opportunities to avoid meditation. He looked for opportunities to meditate. And it was a wonderful adventure. This is what you get when you read Autobiography of a Yogi, too, that uh, you get this sense of adventure in his search for God. Many people, I have discovered, um, they don't understand who he was. They only see him as this lucky young man who got to meet these great saints. He himself was a great saint, but he went through these, this tapasya, he went through these, uh, this adventure of seeking God, and in that, it gives us an opportunity to sort of think of the ways we too can improve our seeking. There's this lovely story here where he talks about during a period when he was living in Benares, Varanasi, as it's known today. There was a temple in Benares, he told us, which I enjoyed visiting. I found there an opening inside. It led into another world. How different from the busy street outdoors. The opening was just wide enough for me to squeeze through if I went in sideways. And remember, I was only a boy then and thin for my age. Within that opening, I found a flight of stairs leading down. I descended three stories. I couldn't take a candle with me as there was no fresh air. It was completely dark down below, and completely silent. The sound of Om boomed loudly. I discovered a little niche there, just big enough for me to sit in. And there I sat, did a few kriyas, and went into breathless ecstasy. Whenever you go to a quiet place, listen, especially inside the right ear, but listen to the silence. Om is what remains when everything else has been eliminated. If you could be in a completely silent place, you would hear Om. But it's not enough to hear it. You have to commune with it. Om is the Divine Mother. Om is that aspect of God which is vibratory. God, you might say, is the Father watching. The Mother is the one busy with the housework. 
So you have Kali, for example, dancing, and then when her foot touches the breast of Shiva, she becomes silent. You know, when she has her tongue out, that's not a sign of bloodthirst. It's a sign of, as, as you know, in fact, even in the West we have this, uh-uh, I made a mistake, we bite our tongue a little bit. So Kali puts her tongue out, and they have it lolling because they don't understand the symbolism, but the idea is that she's biting her tongue, saying, oh, I've gone too far. In other words, the vibration of creation, once it touches the breast of Shiva, once it touches the uh, infinite beyond creation, the dance of creation ceases, om ceases, all becomes silenced. But, and that's why Shiva is prostrate. He's, it's not as if she'd beaten him into the ground or anything. It's so easy to misunderstand these things. You know, her mala of skulls means that she's present in all human minds. And there are many, many symbols in that. Her hair, out like a wild woman's, really just means that the energy, the divine energy, is everywhere. But this Om vibration is Kali. And underneath that, at the center of all movement, is still, because God is everywhere, so the still unmoving presence of God is at the heart of everything. That is the Kutasta Chaitanya, or in the Western tradition, the Christ. Christ wasn't a man. Christ is that consciousness which is infinite. The Christ consciousness and the Kutasta Chaitanya are one and the same thing. That silence is the sun. The infinite spirit, the moving mother who creates everything and does all the housework of creation, and then at the heart of every atom reflected in all that movement is the silence of the spirit beyond creation. But we are in creation, and this is why to approach that, you have to go through the mother. You have to go through the vibration of Om in order to go to the infinite state. So any time that you are in a quiet place, just sit still and listen. Don't think you've got to talk all the time. Talking becomes a, a disease. It's good to remain silent. I remember my guru's most advanced disciple, his name was Rajashi Janakananda. He had no small talk. I would sometimes sit with him. I found that he had nothing to say. He was so used to the inner silence. It's a little discomforting for people who are used to a lot of talk. But you will find that if you can learn to enjoy that silence within you, that there's a great deal of pleasure in it. Commune with your higher self. Commune with the mother. And mother is really, as my Gurudev used to say, mother is closer than the father. The father judges, that is, he watches, but he's not involved. The mother will love you no matter what you've done. This is why uh, worship the, the, of the Divine Mother aspect of God is a very satisfying form of worship. It's not the only one. There are many, many ways to worship God, but this is particularly satisfying. And one of the beautiful things is that you can pray to the mother, Mother, naughty or good, I am your child. Naughty or good, you have to release me.
And you know, all children, as they call their mother, so all souls in this universe are calling to the mother without knowing it. They're wanting forgiveness. They're wanting understanding. There is such sweetness in that relationship. When you can get into a quiet place, don't just listen to the silence, but try to feel in that silence the great love of the universe because it's, you'll notice that it isn't silence anymore. If you go deep enough, you'll hear this, first of all, the sort of a, a hushing sound which will become like a booming sound. It'll begin perhaps like the sound of wind in the trees, very soothing to the whole nervous system. You feel not like wind in the trees. Any sound that strikes your senses becomes tiring in time. The most beautiful music can become tiring. But this sound is playing on your own being. You can, you'll never get tired of it. You are that sound. That sound is you. And as you listen to that sound, you begin to feel that, oh, I am loved. It is. You relax more and more into the arms of the Divine Mother. The Divine Mother is closer to you than your closest thoughts. No matter what you do wrong, try to feel that that smile is there, saying, I hope you get it right next time, because she's always on your side. You know, there's a story of a little girl who was acting in a play in the school, and she was very nervous, and somebody stood up in the audience, and she, he said, don't be afraid, Amy, we're all your friends. Well, that's what Divine Mother is always. She's your friend. She wants to help you. She wants to bring you out of your delusions. That if you make a mistake, it's not as if she will get angry, except in the sense that you, she may help you to be angry with yourself so that you grow. But remember, even in that anger, there is no judgment. There is still that supportive thought so that even, because you know there's an aspect of the Divine Mother that is violent, you know, storm, storms, hail, blizzards, earthquakes, upheavals of all kinds, these too are a part of the Divine Mother. But if you understand the deeper meaning of it, then even that, like the, the sword that Kali holds, it's not to destroy you, it's to destroy your delusions, and that's different. You see, while that Divine Mother is your friend, she's the friend of your soul, not the friend of your delusions. And what we need to do is to say, Mother, whatever you do to me, I accept because it's for my good. You know, if you go to a doctor, you know he may have to hurt you, but you know that the hurt is for your own good. So remember that there is, of course, there's that aspect of the Divine Mother, because she's not going to mollycoddle you and pamper you in your mistakes. But she wants to cure your mistakes. And so behind whatever seeming punishment she gives, it's only a corrective thought. She wants to help you to love her more perfectly, which is to say to love your own higher self more perfectly, to understand who you are as opposed to who you are not. You are not your delusions. You are a manifestation made in the image 
of that divine perfection. Now, mind you, there are two aspects to the spiritual path. First of all, if you've been beaten down and you're just so in pain and suffering, then what you want is pity, like this, this man who was hailed before the court and the judge said, how do you plead? And the man said, Your Honor, I plead for mercy. Well, many of us are like that. We've had enough of the pain, and we say, God, I just want your mercy. Okay, that's right. But once you've got yourself together, and once you've decided, okay, I'm going to walk this path, and I'm going to be strong, then comes the other side of it. God helps you to discipline yourself. And so I'm talking to different levels, because depending on what level you're on, um, truth applies, but in different ways. In the beginning, we need mercy. In the beginning, we need comfort. In the beginning, we need... You know, in the Christian scriptures describing the Om, the Amen, the Holy Ghost, they also, Jesus Christ calls it the Comforter. And when you, when you listen and in meditation, you feel that Om vibration, it's very comforting. There's a feeling of, oh, that's what I am. That's, it's so wonderful. But still, when you come out into the world, this is the world of the um, outward Kali, the outward nature. And in that world, there's warfare, there's struggle, there's attempt to grow. And in that, if you want to grow spiritually, you do have to be a warrior. This is why the Bhagavad Gita is placed on a battlefield. We have to slay. You can't be like a a coward warrior who gets hit and says, oh, I was hit. He just says, okay, that's what it's about. So if tests and trials come to you, enjoy them. Just as you can enjoy if you're safely indoors, a beautiful thunderstorm, rain beating on the panes, it's not getting you wet, so you can enjoy the beauty of it. Well, you're inside the panes of your soul with the body as the window pane. And it may beat upon the body, but it doesn't touch you. You are not being hurt by what goes on with the body or even the ego. The whole purpose of it is to drive you inside so that nothing will touch you. So that when you live at your center, you see all this happening and it isn't important. And you know, it's, it's, it's a fact. I'm not just talking theory. I'm talking something I've lived. I'm talking something I've seen in my own guru. I've seen it in other people. Mind you, I'm not, I'm not a neophyte. I've been on this path now for 56 years. That's something, at least. It's not in relation to eternity. It's not much, but it's something. I can say with absolute conviction from experience that, yes, you reach the point where let it happen. It just doesn't matter anymore because you know that no matter what people do to you, sometimes I think I eat persecution on my cereal for breakfast. It doesn't matter. People, how they treat you, it doesn't matter. It's all a part of a big show. You know, you go to a movie, and it may be a tragic movie, but you come out and you say, oh, it was a wonderful movie. Why? Oh, I learned so much from it. Well, when, you, when it touches you, you think, oh, it happens to me. In a movie, it happens to somebody else, and you learn. Why can't you learn anyway? Watch what goes on in the world around you, and don't be touched by it. The more you cling to God, 
and Om can help you. Communing with the Divine Mother, listening to that Om, listening to the silence, you'll find that that silence becomes a listening silence, that your thoughts are received, your love is received. When you call to God in that way, he comes to you, she comes to you. You see that no matter how the world behaves, it doesn't matter because you're secure in the knowledge that you have God in your heart. This is what devotion, this is what love for Divine Mother, but as I say, you don't have to make it that, but it is particular. And this is what meditation can do for you. You practice Kriya Yoga, you practice calmness of the mind, you practice superconsciousness, and you find that more and more you're in a world where the, the storms around you can howl, but they don't touch who you are. All your children, mother, call you. Knowing not it's you, they call. Learn that it is you, they call. Joy to you. All your children, mother, call you, knowing not it's you they call. Some through mists of their unknowing, bruised and hurting when they fall, turn away, but who can leave you? If the child forgets its mother, will she coldly turn away? Wise or foolish, we're your children. Guide us, mother, if we stray. Those whose hearts are torn with anguish, Lack the power your name to call, heal their wounds, ma, soothe their sorrows. You're the mother of us all, heal their wounds, ma, soothe their sorrows. You're the mother of us. Oh.